and I'll bet that they're being heard on every radio telescope on the entire Earth. Are you feeling by any chance like a goober? Oh, no, you are, but what am I? What does it look like I'm doing picking goobers? Pardon me, did I hear you say? On the radio, he is introduced like this. Oh, isn't it nice to make a thing? Anything you want to make. Think of the joy that thing would bring to everyone you know. Howdy, howdy, everybody. Welcome to the Goober Hour. I'm your host, Trevor Walls, and I am so excited to talk to today's guest. Now, I I always say that and I always mean it, but this one, to put it into perspective, listeners, I have been a fan of this artist's work as an actor, as a musician, as a comedian, probably before I was supposed to be listening to this artist's comedy. And now I am a full-time actor and comedy musician. So you do the math, listeners. You do the math. Everybody, please give a warm welcome to Kate McCucci. Uh, thank you for being thank here. Thank you, Trevor. <laughs> thank you so much. And that's so nice of you. And yes, if I do the math, you if you were listening to Garfunkel Notes when you were like nine, I would feel a little bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, just ignore that. You heard nothing. You <laughs> okay, heard absolutely okay, nothing. And neither did my parents. <laughs> Congratulations on this new album. You've got a new album dropping this Friday called My Hat. This is your first, this is a debut for children's music from you. Feels like a long time coming though. So walk me through it. What were the inspirations behind My Hat? Okay, yeah, thank you. Well, I feel like, you know, a lot of these songs, half the songs are probably you know, 20 years old. I wrote a lot of them when I was in college. And um, and I, I played a lot of them. I used to do a show at the Steve Allen Theater when that was uh, around on Hollywood Boulevard. It's since been torn down and it's just an empty lot and it's still an empty lot and it makes me so sad because it was such a great theater. There was always really cool, like weird, fun shows happening there. And um, I did a show called Playing with Makuchi there starting in 2008 and a a lot of these songs that are on the album are songs that were in that show and I just never got around to recording them and uh and then so there was that always in the back of my mind like I need to record these songs and then um on top of that in 2020 I had a little boy named Mikey um and so of course as so many people do they start writing songs for their kids and so I had like a you know a mishmash of songs that I had written back in the day and songs that I've written for my son. And, uh, and I think too, even when I was writing music back then, I was never writing for kids. It's just kind of what naturally comes out of me is (laughs) maybe something that's a little bit, people would maybe say is like kid like or something, but really it's just kind of my natural state. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, I I don't intend, I, I never write like a lot of these songs. I never intended to be children's songs, but I think it's, uh, they are, they are for everyone. So yeah, it works out. Um, and so anyway, then about a, a year ago, my husband's a music producer. His name's Jake Sinclair. He's done a bunch of cool records, a lot of Panic at the Disco and uh, Weezer. And um, and so he said, why don't we start recording your songs? And uh, and the truth is, I had been pretty, I, I mean, not to get too deep into it, but I had really bad postpartum depression. Mm. And so I was kind of like in this state of like, oh, I don't know what to do. And, and, and Jake was really sweet. He's like, let's just record some stuff, you know? And uh and it was really fun. We had such a good time. And we recorded all of this on tape. So I had never worked that way 
where it was all live to tape and we were all in a circle and I'm singing and you know, the drummers on the drums and bass players on the bass, like we're just in a circle singing and recording at the same time. And it was so alive and it was so fun. And, um, and that's what this record is, I think. So, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It's such a choice. I love the choice, by the way, immediately I could kind of hear it in the first singles. Even I was like, this feels like sort of a concert. Yeah, cool. So what led to that choice, though, to record live to tape? And what did it entail? I'm really curious, because I don't know if I could, I don't know if I'm brave enough for that. (laughs) You know, I, uh, so Jake's really just been into the idea of, of recording on tape. And so he, that's kind of how he's been working for the past couple of years. The last Panic at the Disco album was all on tape. And, um, and he was like, yeah, let's just do do this. And I, you know, it wasn't really even a discussion as much as, okay, press record, let's go. And, uh, I love the immediacy of it and and how uh, it just does feel, it feels very, um, I don't know, it is kind of like just performing live, but you know, if you mess up, that's the tricky part is because it's on tape, you have to like rewind it to the right spot, click it at the right spot, and then start where you need to start and hope that it sounds good. <laughs> and so it was really <laughs> funny and fun to do. Um, but because of the way we worked, it was, you know, a faster process in a lot of ways. Okay, here's a question for you. Dare I say, food for thought and more. Why is all the fruit not in an aisle? It's always to the left or the right when you walk through the door. This is so consistent at the grocery store. Let's buy cereal, let's buy fudgicles. Also, don't forget you should buy a frozen pizza. How about a giant cookie and a can of whipped cream? A bunch of printer paper and a garden magazine, oh yeah. So many things at the grocery store. The musicians too. I'd like you mentioned with your very talented spouse, but then you've got Brendan Yuri as a studio musician on this. It's just <laughs> such a funny collection of artists. So what was it like also to sort of organize this full band scale to these songs that were obviously started as as ukulele or piano ditties? You know, it felt really fun and like just it, it brought a whole new energy to these songs that I feel like I had never, you know. I, I think too, actually, when I when I play these songs, in my head, I always hear a lot more. So I, I feel like my experience of singing the song, I'm hearing a whole lot of things where the people listening are only hearing a ukulele. But right. um, but yeah, it was really nice to hear hear it full like that. And I was really grateful to people like Brendan and my friend Sean Watkins, who is in Nickel Creek, and, and my friend Sarah, who's also in Nickel Creek. Like uh, I had a lot of great musicians come by who who were just stoked to play on it. And um, and their their enthusiasm was also great. Brendan was so sweet because he would just be like, all right, are we going to do this again tomorrow? And we'd be like, yeah, sure. So it was over the course of a few weeks, really, last summer that we, we mostly did this record. And uh, it was just like hanging out with friends and, and having a good time, really. That's amazing. I have to ask you about your songwriting method, because this is something I've wanted to know for a long time. So you mentioned that some of these songs kind of already existed. I remember Mr. Moon was on your 2008 EP. Yes. And now it finally comes full circle. What is your method like when it comes to, are you a lyrics first person? How do these songs form? Usually I'll get some kind of like, uh, I sound like a psychic. I'll get some feeling <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, it's funny. I once I once read, I think it was Fiona Apple that said that like writing a song, it's like that feeling of like, oh, I, I think I'm going to throw up. It's like, oh, I think I'm going to write a song. Like I was like, oh, yeah, I understand that. 
Um, I'm not saying that my songs are anything as good as Fiona <laughs> Apple, but you know, I'm just saying that feeling of like, oh, a song, I, I think I got something. But for me, usually it's a little bit of lyrics and melody at the same time, but the lyrics might not totally make sense. Mm. But like the rhythm of this of the words will make sense. And then um, and then it sort of starts to come together. But everyone's a little different. Like um, Ghosts of Pasadena, I wrote the whole thing in the shower once when I was like 25 years old. So that's a that's an oldie. Um, and uh, and then I was like, oh, what is this song? It's so weird. And I was like, I think it only really needs a bass drum. So I bought this bass drum on eBay. This is back in like 2006 or seven that I got the drum. And then I was like, that's all this song needs. And actually on the record, it only has a bass drum. And that drum has now become like gold. Like it's been <laughs> on a bunch of very cool records. Oh, it has wow. such an amazing sound. Um, and it's e- even in the Ghosts of Pasadena music video that we made. And it's really funny because it only says on it marching band. It's like the most generic marching band. Could be any marching band. Um, like from a film set. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe. I wonder. I got it on eBay. But yeah, so uh, I, you know, I think, you know, some songs really come faster than others obviously but uh but yeah writing solo is always very different like when ricky and i would write garfunkel and Oates songs that was always a different process where ricky often would have a pass at the lyrics well, well first what we would do is we would brainstorm the song for forever for days and days and days and we would type out a document about the subject and then from there that document usually ricky would go and make a pass at the lyrics and then i would make a pass at the melody and then together we'd come together and like kind of figure it out. Um, and then, but then with writing solo stuff, it's often just me kind of getting that first verse and chorus going somewhere. It kind of feels like it just hits my head. And then, then you have to sit down and like figure out the rest of the lyrics, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but that's kind of how it usually works for me. Oftentimes just kind of driving around and figuring out the, you know, having the space to do so too. I feel like if I'm really busy, it's hard for me to write music because the space mm. isn't there for it. But if I if I have like a little bit of time or like have a chance to watch a f- little TV or something, then like so- something opens up that kind of calls for the music to come in. Here come the ghosts. The ghosts of Pasadena with the boo and an E and an A and an O. Boo! Here come the ghosts. I thought that they'd be meaner with the boo and an e and an a and an o boo boo. Does it feel like a compilation when the songs have formed for this much time for this amount of years, or do you notice any running themes once you pieced all these songs together? Because it feels like a cohesive piece, I'll say. But as an artist, it must feel like all these different memories. You know, I I guess I hadn't really thought about it in that way. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I feel like. It, when I I didn't realize it till I was performing in my show at the Bob Baker Marionette Theater where I I sing all these songs and I all of a sudden got very self-conscious that I talk about wishes a lot I talk about um, <laughs> stars a lot of moons a lot of stars a lot of wishes a lot of waving hello um, and I didn't even put that together until I'm like oh there's a couple times I say I'm waving hello uh, so I guess I'm a wishful person who's friendly <laughs> <laughs> A lot of hellos, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing is um, that I, I forget things. Like, I think I, I have one song called My Hat is the song, the title song, um, where I'm missing a lot. Of, I can't find my things. And then in another song, Bucket of Beans, I can't find my goggles. Someone pointed that out to me. I'm like, oh, I guess I do lose things a lot. So, yeah, I don't know if that's another running theme. But <laughs> I, I think they all they all do work together pretty well. I, I often think like, okay, if I were to make 
the next album, like, I, you know, obviously it's like I've had 20 some years to write this one. <laughs> Not that I was like, there was no real plan. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens next. I'd, I have no idea. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Two albums. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> my hat, my hat. Where did I put my hat? All I know is I can't go outside like that. So where did I put my gosh darn hat? My phone, my phone. Where did I put my phone? I can't leave the house without my phone Cause then I'd be alone But without my hat and without my phone I'm a hatless, phoneless person And that's okay anyway I love that you bring up the Bob Baker Theater. For those who aren't in LA, it's an incredible marionette theater. So much history. I accidentally actually saw a performance of my hat because I was at Bob Baker Day I had no oh, idea you, you were going to be there. And I, I nudged my partner. I was like, is Kate McCoochie? Like, I could hear you in the distance. I was like, is that Kate McCoochie? And you were performing my hat. And then immediately, as someone in both the comedy and kids spaces, I was like, she better be recording a kid's album. And oh, then voila, immediately. That's so nice. <laughs> that Bob Baker Day was incredible. Yeah. I, I, for those of you who don't know, Bob Baker Marionette Theater is a, a theater out here in LA that they do these incredible they're just it's just a magical place. It's one of my favorite places in Los Angeles. And uh, they do one day where it's in a park. And I had never been to Bob Baker Day. Was that your first Bob Baker Day? My first two. Yeah. It was like mini kid Coachella. I couldn't right? <laughs> believe it. I was expecting kind of like a smaller yeah. thing. And we pulled up and I was like, oh, my gosh, it was incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, I hosted the kid talent show, which was quite the joy. Oh, my gosh. Those kids were so sweet. <laughs> But that's so cool you caught that. Thanks thanks for checking it out. Did you see? I'm sure you saw my son playing guitar then too. Yes, so cute. Yeah, he <laughs> likes to rock out. Um, Did he get a feature on the album or is that for next time? Uh, you know, the very last song on the album, he used to do this thing when he, like last year, so this is when we <laughs> made it. He uh, he would say, that's great, mom. And I'd be like, oh, thanks. Thanks, buddy. You know, and, uh, and so I had him say, that's great, mom. Um, and the weirdest thing, you know, because... I do a lot of voiceover and he, he never, he's never seen me record. I mean, I, but it was so wild. Cause I said, okay, Mikey, can you just say into the mic? That's great, mom. And he went, that's great, mom. That's great, mom. That's great. Mom. He gave me three takes like a pro <laughs> and he was only two. And I looked at him and I was like, are you kidding me right now? That was so funny. So that's his little, uh, it, that's how the album ends is, is Mikey giving me his three wonderful takes. <laughs> Have we gotten a consensus from Mikey on the songs yet? Because that's the most important review. You know, i <laughs> he's a tough <laughs> critic. I feel like really all he wants to listen to is currently Ghostbusters or Michael Jackson's Thriller. Um, <laughs> like, so if I if I have, you know, my song on or for whatever reason, it's like, no, <laughs> he doesn't want to hear it. You're like, I and, did this for you. <laughs> yeah, we. my husband and I went to his class uh, a few weeks ago to sing some songs to the kids at, at his preschool. And he got up and said, okay, everyone, today we are going to learn about Ghostbusters. <laughs> and I was like, no, Mikey, that is not what we're doing and uh so yeah i don't know that he's i don't know that he's the biggest fan <laughs> maybe in a few years yeah yeah totally. well, at least for the 2043 yes, album yeah. he'll be a fan uh, he can he can uh, engineer it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna go back to the bob baker theater for a second yeah. because i love that you do shows there i'm so excited for this we should plug it this saturday yeah. show if anyone oh, listening in los angeles sunday yes sunday, sunday at 4 30 um it's the album release show if anyone's in town please come by 
Uh, it's going to be really fun. We're going to have a hat parade. So wear your fun, crazy hat, and uh, we're going to sing the album, and then everyone gets ice cream. Oh, so excited. <laughs> I have to go to your roots here, because Bob Baker, it feels like hand-in-hand hand with this album, so I love that you do shows there. I wanted to ask you, because you've done, like you said, playing with Makuchi, you've done shows that involve puppets and cookies and vintage art and all these fun things. <laughs> I wanted to ask about some of your inspirations. When you were growing up, What which artists do you think formed the person that you are today? Oh, wow. That's Really, I mean, I it's think a loaded question. It is, I, but I feel like you know, one obvious one is Mister Rogers. Um, I loved Mister Rogers. Sesame mm. Street's another one that you know, obviously, I, I I like. I watched both of those shows well through my twenties. Like, I I really always just like found them comforting and also so funny. Well, I mean, Sesame Street especially so funny, and the music in both of those are great. I love the older like the songs of Sesame Street in the seventies and eighties. Mm. Big fan of that. Big fan of Joe Raposo. I feel like, um, and of course, like Mr. Rogers songs are incredible. So those are two big ones. I'm also just a big Broadway nerd. I love Broadway musicals. I feel like Into the Woods was really informative to me, um, being, you know, these funny, weird songs about fairy tales, you know? Yeah. And, uh, well, not all funny. There's some really depressing songs yeah, about fairy some tales dark in that show. <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, so I think it's a mixture of, of those things, really, for me. Uh, I was also, as I got older, a big fan of Julie Taymor with with puppetry and um and yeah i feel like I, I i think that's like a good mix anyway at least for my my beginnings trip to the land of make-believe was where we'd like to be daniel tiger and king friday x the owl lived in a tree and so so long i'll just keep singing this song and when i do I'll think of you I say thank you For being my neighbor Now going back to my inspirations One yes. of my inspirations, which is you Oh my gosh, that's very kind <laughs> You're one of those artists that's done so many things Throughout the years that I couldn't even sit here and list Like here's a few, like there's too many Everybody, if you don't know Kate Micucci's stuff Research it, find it, watch it, listen to it But Oh, you're very nice Which of these, all the things that you've done Which are some of your favorite projects? Huh, okay, let me think um, One of my very favorite things is uh, A more recent thing that I did Which is, um, I was the lead in one of the episodes Of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities Yes Where I got to play a woman who wishes she was beautiful And then she finds this, like, beauty cream And starts using it And it makes her go crazy And then I won't give away what happens But it was like one of those gifts from the universe <laughs> I didn't even audition I got a phone call saying, you know, would you like to meet the director on this. And I was like, what? And at the time, my, my little boy was only one. And and I was like, oh, I don't think I can leave him because we were shooting in Canada. And I and then I was like, this opportunity is too good. And so I went and, and it was just one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And I'm really, really proud of how it turned out. The director is so cool on Lily Amapur. And um, uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite things I've ever gotten to do. Another favorite thing is The Little Hours where I get to play a nun who... Uh, <laughs> who goes, I guess, crazy? I, 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 maybe there's a theme here. Um, <laughs> but that's an amazing, cr fun movie that is all improv. Um, oh, wow. And it's with so many of the people that I admire. It's, you know, it's Aubrey Plaza and Molly Shannon and, uh, you know, John C. Riley and Fred Armisen. It's just such a great cast. Alison Brie. They're, like, it's like a totally amazing. I, we were shooting in Italy 
And I was like, what is my life right now? I'm a nun. <laughs> and I love nuns. I had a nun collection. I recently got rid of it. I'd been collecting nuns for about 20 years. Oh, wow. But I thought it was time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was sort of the full circle moment. Like, that's what yes, it was all leading up I, yeah, to. I, yeah, no need to collect them anymore. I got to be one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then going back, I mean, looking back, like, I recently... Uh, I did the Scrubs podcast recently, so it, it had me rewatch that episode. And this is like very, very early on in my career. But um, I'm really proud of those. I got to sing on that. And um, and then obviously Garfunkel Notes. I'm super proud of all the things we've done, making our show and our special and everything. Um, making our show was a challenging, challenging experience. But I think ultimately it ended up being a really great thing. So, um, yeah, you know, I feel like there's a lot of things. I, I I'm lucky. I'm not one of those people that have like, you know, like I, I'm a working, working actor, musician. Like it's not like it's a, it's hard work. It's like it, yeah. I piece it together basically, you know, but I can look back and be like, oh, that was really cool. That was amazing. I can't believe it got to do that, you know? Yeah. And then it's weird, you know, when 2020 hit and I had a baby and I was like, just out of my mind, I was like, what is my, like, look, that all felt like a dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't believe any of that had happened. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, part two of the question is, how do you think certain projects have affected you as an individual artist? Now that you've got this project, it must feel so surreal to have this 100% Kate Micucci project going out into the world. How do you think those projects of your past and that weird blurry time has lent itself to this? You know, I feel really grateful that I have this opportunity now. And um, I, I think that, yeah, I feel like all of those things have led up to me getting to do this and hopefully this will lead to the next thing. I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I just feel really, really grateful. I think, you know, not to get too deep, but the world is so crazy right now mm -hmm. and we've already been through a crazy pandemic and everything else. So it's like the fact that we get to be out in the world and we get to be talking to people and singing for people or whatever it is, like every time I'm just like, wow, okay, we got to do that. That's great. You know, it's so, so yeah, not to get too too uh, philosophical or whatever. I, I I just feel really, really grateful. Yeah. No, it's, it definitely puts things into perspective. I'm feeling the same way about any little thing I do as well. So congratulations on such a big oh, project, such you. a big album. Everybody go stream it. Um, this is the most important question, not to, not to boast, but I do something here on the Goober Hour where I like to ask a question that you have never been asked in any other interview. Okay. So this is going to be a little tricky. Let me know if you have been because I'll correct it. But okay, great. this is the Goober exclusive. What does your dream breakfast look like? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I mean, my go-to chocolate chip pancakes, baby. Ooh. Um, I That's love taste. a chocolate chip pancake. No <laughs> syrup, just chocolate chip pancakes. And maybe with that, a nice hot English breakfast tea. That sounds Ooh. perfect. English breakfast um, tea. Yes. How about you? Oh, I'm, I mean, going off of the tea thing, I just, it's a rediscovery in my life, but I have a, a lot of British roots. That's why I'm so pale. And <laughs> I just rediscovered black currant tea, which is Ooh, not a yeah. common, it's not, it's a bit of a commodity in America, hard to find, but um, totally blurted out of my life and just rediscovered that. I was like, ah, oh! it was like that moment in Ratatouille. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's been my breakfast. I'm not, I'm not, you know. Eggs and bacon, sure, but the tea is a go-to. So just tea. No, you don't really need food the in the morning. The dream is the tea, maybe. Yeah, you know? gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Whatever comes after that is fine. I'll tell you another favorite thing, and it's a, it's like a tradition for me, is just on Thanksgiving Day, while watching the Thanksgiving Day Parade, I make the Pillsbury cinnamon rolls. Ooh. Oh, so good. 
<laughs> Actually, I, that's another thing I haven't had in many years. Yeah. I'll have to take your word on it. I'll have to go for it. Yeah, maybe when you're watching the parade. Do you like to watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade? Of course. Yes. I love the parade. Kindred yeah. spirits, I know. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> One of my favorite things about the parade is like waiting for like somebody to like either, you know, not not that I'm wishing someone falls down, but I love to see things go wrong. <laughs> but no, just slightly wrong, I love analyzing wrong, you know? the lip syncing. That's yes. one of my favorite things is seeing how, how good everybody is at lip syncing because of the be wind. That, yes, the wind and the sound. And it's like there's a disconnect and like, oh, the show, oh, it started. Here we go. Like, oh, I know. My brother and I, we would do a thing where we'd watch it. We'd watch it all together, like the two of us together. And then after Thanksgiving dinner, we'll replay the highlights for everyone. Oh, like, great. Check this out. They missed their step. They didn't sing at the time. You know, anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm gearing up for the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Here we go. <laughs> well, everybody, please go stream my hat. Make sure to check out the LA show if you can this Sunday. Thank you so much for being here, Kate. I appreciate you. Thank you, Trevor. You. Thank you so much. And I, I'll see you on Sunday. Yeah, you will. Woo-hoo! I'll be there. We're in a right. hat. Fancy I hat. can't wait. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> From my hat, this is the aforementioned Mr. Moon. One day, the moon got tired of being up in the sky. He wandered down through the starlight and landed on the ocean side. And he smiled while he jumped in the water and laughed about as he danced in the sand. He put on his swim trunks and snorkel and guess what? Mr. Moon swam. Did I tell you that moonbeams are heavy and therefore Mr. Moon sank. He fell down through the sea walls of seaweed and landed at the bottom of the tank. And he sat there with the starfish and jellyfish and laughed about with the sharks and the whales. They ate lots of cakes and pies and ice cream cones and laughed about 